0: You a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains.
1: Here's your host, Jordan.
0: Welcome to the 42nd episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by my co-host, Scott Klein. You can find him on Twitter, at Scott Klein one You can find myself, at Jordan DeLugo, on Twitter. Make sure to uh, send us any questions you guys have regarding the Jaguars. We love to hear the feedback from you guys regarding what the Jaguars are doing and regarding what we're doing here on the show. So make sure to give us a follow and chat with us. We've got a lot to get into today, and we'll have a condensed episode as we've taken the show on the road today. We're at my <laughs> parents' house my stepdad's birthday i had to be here for this so we're recording live on location from my childhood bedroom good stuff right scott
1: yeah yeah feel professional we got we got the notes ready you know we're we're in a different locale but yeah you know i think we can bring the same oomph and punch let's hope so
0: now um it's game week real game week First week of the regular season, we'll get into all that good stuff. Uh, first, we'd like to give a quick shout-out to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast. Today, they've given us two new beers, and one that we've had before. We've got Lou's Dunkel Lager, which is 4.9% alcohol. It's a little bit darker than you would think of most lagers, but
1: Scott's sipping on that right now. What are you thinking? It is everything. It's, I mean... It's good. It's it's, good. Just, it's very drinkable. Um, it's it's got it's a beautiful color, but um, it's yeah. As always, Bold City coming through again. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we've also
0: got a brand new beer, a cold one with the boys, which is a Boysenberry Burliner Weiss. Uh, I don't know what all that means really, but it's damn good beer. You can get it exclusively at Bold City Brewery's downtown location. Along with Lou's Dunkel Lager, you can also get the Hot Burst Number no. Two, which is a Session IPA. That's what I'm drinking right now. That's one of my favorite new ones they've got going on over there. But make sure to check Bold City Brewery out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com, and make sure to check out either of their locations. The downtown locations on East Bay Street, just blocks away from the Jaguar Stadium, and the original location is still over on Roselle, so make sure to give them a shout. Make sure to go uh, tell them we sent you. They're good friends of ours, so uh, they might even give you a free beer if you drop a name. <laughs> Who knows? Now we're going to get into a lot today. One thing we're not going to get into is Hurricane Irma talk. We just don't have enough time to get get into it. But you know, stay safe, everyone. Do what you got to do. What we will get into is some interesting moves the Jaguars made over the weekend, trimming their roster down to 53. We'll talk about some of the guys they decided to part ways with, and uh, obviously we'll look at that game against the Houston Texans, right Scott? Yeah, yeah. In uh, Houston, less than a week, well, it will have been more than a week since Harvey rolled through there when the games played, but that thing just happened that's fresh there's still neighborhoods that are flooded Mm -hmm. so it's going to be really interesting to see how all that goes obviously we will look at four dream scenarios for the jaguars in 2017 we'll look around the afc south we'll give you a pff minute and we'll get out of here with our keep one let one walk that scott is still in the dark on maybe yep He might be cheating over there. Who knows? But anyways, it's a good one. You'll definitely want to hear it at the end there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Generation Jag, on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Check out our website, genjag.com, for all the latest news analysis, videos. You can find out information about our membership program. You can drink for free at every home game tailgate, if you're a member. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. So, without further ado, let's get into some of these questionable roster moves. We don't want to break down the whole 53-man roster. It's just simply not enough time to do it. And we pretty much did it last week. Mm-hmm. Most of what we said ended up happening. Here's a couple things that we did not expect to happen. You want to go first, Scott? Yeah,
1: I mean, there's there's a couple glaring uh, glaring players that to stick out like a sore thumb. First off, on the list is Hayes Pullard. I mean, by all means, the the main, the the, the true backup at middle linebacker. Um, by, to what we seemed like almost a lock to make the team with with his performance last year. Yeah. With his performance, you know, he's he's a solid football player. He's a thumper. Yeah. <laughs> the team felt otherwise. Yeah man, they they picked up somebody. uh, I think it was Donald Payne. Yeah, Um, I had don't know much about him, um, but it it could be where they maybe Payne is a bit more versatile, and they like the fact that Jack can move inside, even though they tried that earlier in the preseason, and it quickly changed back to him being the strong side. My thing
0: about that, and I agree, Jack is I guess the backup middle linebacker. Who's the backup strong side linebacker in that situation? Laurenti McCray, who's a four three defensive end?
1: Yeah. He was never really played. Like three four defensive end? Yeah,
0: he's never played four three outside linebacker, strong side linebacker ever. So either way, you're going into it with some serious limitations, it seems like, with your linebacker group. Blair Brown hasn't proven anything Mm -hmm. this preseason, the rookie fifth round pick out of Ohio again you have McCray as a backup and other than that you've got unproven players behind behind your starters at linebacker Hayes Pollard was proven he wasn't a guy that is probably going to end up starting in his, in his career or at least locking down a starting job but he really he really flashed a lot during preseason he was making big hits in the backfield at the line of scrimmage and he's a guy that I'm really not happy to see go. I think it was a questionable roster move at best. In my opinion, it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah I, I do agree with that. Now, the Jaguars also got rid of Luke Bowenko, who's been with the team since he was drafted in 2014. Uh, he started 14 games as a rookie and since then has dealt with injuries and hasn't really been able to solidify a starting job. Just as it looked like he was solidifying the starting left guard job, the Jaguars decide to trade him to the Baltimore Ravens, who are in need of help on the interior offensive line, specifically at center. And they're a team that the Jaguars play week three of the regular season, so you might see very quickly whether or not getting rid of Luke Bowenko was a good decision. If the Jaguars struggle at left guard against the Ravens, that's going to be interesting, especially if Luke Bowenko's on the other
1: side starting. Yeah. I mean, it's a guy with such versatility. He's played center tackle even at times. Yeah, he's got reps at tackle, no doubt. I mean, even, let's say, even if he wasn't the starter, at a position where we're not very deep, and it, if we even if we have bodies, it's no one that would field... You know, on, on a top a team's top forty players, right? You know, and mm-hmm. so to get a get rid of a guy, which to me this tells me that maybe he was going to get released, right? I think three? he was going to get released, as, which is and people will guitar. defend that.
0: They'll defend the Jaguars by saying, "Oh, well, they were able to trade him for a draft pick, which, by the way, is an undisclosed future pick. We don't have any idea what it was. I'm assuming at I th- best I th- it's I think a it sixth round, pick. A seven. oh okay, seventh round pick. All right, so." 7th uh, round pick, again, like I said last week, I think
1: 7th round picks are highly overvalued. Mm. Now, And that and that shows you just a guy who is fighting for the starter in the 3rd preseason game.
0: Right, that really shows you a lot based on what the Jaguars think about their offensive yeah. line, in my opinion. Uh, and I just think if you see Luke Buwenko as the odd man out on the offensive line... I don't agree with that assessment of your roster. Yeah. Again, I don't agree with the assessment that letting Hayes-Pillard go was beneficial. And you saw where he ended up.
1: Yeah, Los was, Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Gus Bradley <laughs> brought him back. Of course he
0: did. <laughs> now, Brandon Allen ended up with the Los Angeles team. He ended up with the Rams. Know, yeah. he, he might not have been... As important to 2017 as Hayes Pillard or Luke Belenco may have been. But he provided hope at quarterback position where Blake Bortles and Chad Henney did not. Because you think you know what you have with... You know you know what you have with Chad Henney. You think you know what you have with Blake Bortles. And Brandon Allen was that... A new hope. Yeah. seal from Star Wars. You know, he was yeah. a new hope. He might not ever turn into anything great in the NFL. He might be a career backup. But at the very least, he was a scout team guy uh, as your third quarterback. Chad Henney's now taking all the scout team reps. Because uh, basically they let Brandon Allen go in hopes that they would get him back on the practice squad. And, of course, multiple teams put in waiver claims for him. And what's funny is the Rams ended up getting him, who they now had coaches Sean McVeigh who was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Washington is another team that put in a claim for Brandon Allen. So that must have been a guy they really liked in the draft in 2016, uh, that whole regime over there. I, I think it was a mistake. I'm not saying I think Brandon Allen's about to turn into a superstar, but I'm saying I think, A, it was a mistake to not have a plan of action to get a scout team quarterback after him.
1: Yeah. They worked out a couple guys. Uh, I think Mitch Leitner, who played in Minnesota. They should have had a
0: guy they had their eye on if they were going to release Allen. In my opinion. A guy that they had
1: their eye on that they knew they could bring in and sign to the practice squad. Which they didn't. To me, at this very moment, he was the only quarterback on the roster that was theoretically still in the plans for the future of this team. I agree. Mainly because he's only gotten work really in the preseason. He hasn't, you don't really know exactly what you have in the guy because he, has, he just hasn't played much. Right. You know what Chad Haney is, and you're starting to realize, hey, this, maybe this really is what Blake Bortles is, and we're just going to, after this year, just cut bait. Yeah, so I mean, it seems like
0: almost anything that Bortles could do this year, it seems, will not prevent the Jaguars from drafting a quarterback next year. It's, you would have yeah. to have an All Pro season,
1: yeah, and and even then, you would go into the quarter. You would go into the next draft saying, "Okay, maybe that buys us a couple rounds." Because I feel like you still have to address it. Because with Chad Hinney gonna, you need a backup. At yeah. least. yeah, you're right. And, you're and right you, about you that. need. Are you, he's had two good years out of five, or out of four. If if he plays, if bonus. he plays great this
0: year, that would be. Yeah, really, it would really be one good good year, yeah. which would be this year. Uh, Because even his statistically impressive 2015 season was very flawed. So, yeah, they're obviously making some moves that we don't necessarily agree with. But, who knows? Hopefully they'll show us all uh, why they're getting paid the big bucks to do this and why we're sitting at home talking about it. (laughs) Now, Jaguars dream scenarios. It's been very doom and gloom Over the past month, couple months, just based on all the weird stories, negative stories, all that stuff coming out about the Jaguars. So let's look at some dream scenarios for what if the Jaguars were able to have this happen. Uh, You know, it's going to be a lot of doom and gloom, probably for a lot of this year. But let's take a look at what if some of these good things actually happen. So, Scott, why don't you lead us off? Um,
1: I mean, first things first, we we just talked about it with with Brandon Allen. Quarterback play is absolutely vital to to the success of any team. Blake Bortles, just prove with this defense and the running game we think here that they are capable of, just be mediocre. Go out there. And and how funny is that? That's a dream scenario. Yeah, that's that's absolutely what it is. (laughs) <laughs> go throw twenty five touchdowns and ten picks. Which which would be, you know, a relatively good year. Yeah. It wouldn't be That wouldn't be really mediocre. I would say mediocre that would, would, that would be above like, average. Yeah. Let's say you get twenty and 13, 20 yeah. and twelve,
0: something like that, twenty and ten.
1: Not not killing the team. If you go through the season and say, Blake Bortles didn't absolutely kill us in this one particular game. That's, that's a dream it's, scenario. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a success for him. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, just... If he can become... I don't want to say more conservative, because I don't think he's ever going to really be that kind of guy, but just let the running game and the defense control the attitude and pace of the game, and then be able to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And just I mean, be Tom Brady for us. We'll yeah, that's, that's it. That too. <laughs> no big deal.
0: So, no, but... Uh, few other things here. A-Rob and Telvin get deals done. Yeah. Those two guys, I don't not know how at least one of them has not gotten signed. The team has
1: the cap space to do it. What is the holdup? To me, I just... When we touched on it a bit in the past uh, uh, podcast, A-Rob's want to be here, I think, in my eyes, pretty questionable. Yeah. Because... There's not a bright future. that's... and nothing against him thing. on that. No, no, no. We're no. saying that, like, from our perspective, if we were Allen Robinson, why, why would I stay here? Right now, once the you know 17, 15 to seventeen million dollars a year, which who knows if we'll get that much, but it, it, by all means, he's our one of our only blue chip talent on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, and you got it. You got to keep the young guys that you drafted and groom them to be. Great players. Now, uh, you made a
0: comment earlier when we were talking about this, about maybe a certain quarterback enticing Allen Robinson <laughs> to stick around. Yeah.
1: I, my, my, one of my dream scenario this is actually A. Robin and Telvin get deals done to keep core intact so Kirk Cousins can come in and, and provide the playoff push. Hell yeah. We're all about that. Let's get on the Kirk Cousins train. Yeah. Because and one next we, do like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. do like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do like that,
0: Kirk Cousins. We really do. Now, the offensive line. What if they figured out how to run block? Could you imagine if Leonard Fournette didn't have to just fight and claw for every single
1: yard this year that he gets? What if there's actually holes? It'd be, it would be nice to see the Jaguars... Look like an average running football team. It'd be something else. Like I always see, even even these teams with that are supposedly terrible off- offensive lines. At times, they'll just gash people for five, eight yards a pop. Yeah, and it's just like where, it where is that? Seems like there's there's just this mush on, along the line of scrimmage yep. that no one can get through in Jacksonville. Now, Scott, bring us home with our last dream scenario. We've been having a problem with quarterback pressures, and blitzing can help out with those. But that's not something you should be able to rely on. Getting getting home with four rushers makes the defense so much better. Right. Just being it makes able the to, secondary so much yeah, better. It, Everything. It, it, yeah. It's so. I mean, it makes just,
0: the offense better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 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 you could take it as far as you yeah. want to do, but I mean, yeah. you you have to be able to have a guy you can rely on when it's third and long hey you know we don't necessarily need to bring the blitz to be able to to pressure the quarterback and we haven't really had that Right, and with with, uh, the addition of Calais
0: Campbell in 2017, the addition of Malik Jackson in 2016 Yannick Ngakwe and Dante Fowler it looks like it's possible that that could happen but we still haven't seen it they've got a lot to prove There's no question about that. Now, as we said earlier, the Jaguars play a regular season game this week for the first time since the very beginning of January. Fantastic. And it's going to be played 1 p.m. Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium. The Jaguars have failed to beat the Texans six consecutive times. They'll look to break that streak
1: this Sunday. I feel like September this. 10th. I feel like this is one of the few games that everyone and their mother are going to be actively rooting against us. Yeah, I mean the whole country right now. It's going to be the just on Houston's side because of
0: Harvey, and we're on Houston's side regarding everything but football. Yeah,
1: obviously. And so, yeah, it's gonna be even if we, even if we win, it's gonna be like, man, what a down, like what what could have been. Of course, a, the Jaguars beat the Texas. Yeah, it's like the one time we Those win jerks. and people are angry at us yeah. for doing so. Yeah,
0: uh, that would be a good problem to have. Though. Oh yeah, I take real. it. I would, <laughs> I would take it and run with it. Now, we're gonna break down ten things from this game that we think are important. Number one, we just talked about it. Offensive line, run game.
1: They got a good defense. Yes, cool they are legends. stout
0: up front. They've got J.J. Watt, Whitney, Merciless, and Clowney. They've got solid linebackers, Bernardrick McKinney, uh, that J.A. from USC, <laughs> Cushing. He's a he's just. I feel like he's exactly what you want. Mental, mentality-wise. Just kind of
1: out there, and you don't know if he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: I would love it if he was a Jaguar, but obviously him being a Texan, easy to hate him. So you want to see this offensive line, whether it's the right side or running up through the interior or even maybe the left side with Cam Robinson being a strength run blocking. Make some holes against this Texan's defense, because if you can't, it's quickly going to
1: implode on you as an offense. And we're going to see Flake Bortles having to throw the ball 30 to 40 times. Right, and that, that brings us to
0: pass protection. Like we said, this, this defensive front is stout, and they're probably even better in uh, clear passing situations than they are against the run. Because J.J. Watt is just a freak at getting to the quarterback. Jadavian Clowney is probably the highest rated pass rusher ever to come out of college. And Whitney Merciless is a guy that was also a first-round pick who's developed into a very good sack guy. You got Bernard McKinney at linebacker who can get to the quarterback a little bit. It's scary, man. If this offensive line can't learn how to pass protect and quick,
1: Blake Bortle's day is gonna get really, really ugly. And that was one of the main reasons why they went with Bortles over Henny is because Mobility. he can just get around and just buy time for where Chad Henney would just invite the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Break down our third point we've got here. Yeah, it looks like we're pretty good on the injury front. Um, TJ Yeldon didn't really didn't practice. Um it's a bit in the air, kind of what's going on for Sunday. He's he's gonna play a bigger part in the season as far as being a pass protect guy, a third down back. Um, they struggled without him in their in their pass protect protection um in the preseason. So that's something definitely to keep an eye on because if they can't do the first thing we talked about. They're going to need to rely on the. They're going to have a lot of third downs. That they're going to be trying to get and and ha- not having a guy in the backfield that you can feel comfortable with could bring around some issues. Yeah, for me, if if
0: Yeldon's not out there, Fournette has to be the third down back. Yeah, Ivory is not a good pass blocker, and Corey Grant's just too small <laughs> yeah. to get get and, and slow those big pass rushers down. Now there are several other players that were on the injury report. Blake Bortles has a wrist, and all of these players I'm about to mention did participate in practice, so they're not uh, they're not being held out or anything like that. Blake Bortles had a wrist, and he is a full participant. Josh Wells has something going on with his ribs; he was also a full participant. Michael Bennett, defensive tackle, who I'm still surprised is on the team a little bit. He has a groin. He participated fully. DeeDee Westbrook, he has the core muscle injury we already knew about. He's limited. Jalen Ramsey has a hip. He's limited. Deshaun Gibson has an ankle tweak. He's limited. Dante Fowler has a little knee tweak. He's limited. And like we said, TJ Yeldon didn't participate in practice. All of those guys are expected to play on Sunday, with the exception of TJ Yeldon, who's still very much up in the air. On the flip side, the Texans have a number of injuries as well. Uh, Alfred Blue and Will Fuller both did not participate. Alfred Blue being a backup running back who's certainly been supplanted, it seems like, by Scott's boy from Texas, Deontay Foreman. Will Fuller doesn't look like he's going to play with his shoulder. And then... They've got some other guys on their injury report. DeAndre Hopkins has a thumb injury. He participated fully. Braxton I Miller. I know what he's sitting now. Yeah. Braxton <laughs> Miller, uh, he has an ankle. He participated in full. Deontay Foreman groin participated in full. And the tight end, C.J. Fedorowicz, has a concussion or recovering from a concussion. And he also participated fully in practice. We know too much about C.J. Fedorowicz. That guy has torn the Jaguars up in the past. Is he a tight end? Then yeah, he's torn us up in the past. <laughs> no question about <laughs> yeah. it. Now, we've got Blake Bortles versus Tom Savage. Is this the worst quarterback Woo! duel of week one? Woo, fireworks! Let's get it! <laughs> or the worst quarterback duel of the season?
1: Or perhaps the worst quarterback duel of all time? It's, it's pretty <laughs> bad, but, I mean, Tom Savage was the, the, the lone wolf last year. when he Well, you've got Tom Savage, out. who definitely, he kicked the Jaguars' ass last year. When he came
0: in for Brock Osweiler, who is just the biggest joke in the NFL. Okay. Now, Blake Bortles is the man who throws touchdowns to every team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Savage is the man who's never thrown a touchdown in the NFL. What do we see here? Oh, goodness. Both face really strong defenses. Is it going to be just one of those really, really, really ugly offensive days? I
1: mean, it it seems to be adding up though. <laughs> that way. Yeah, I mean, both, but they they're in similar situations. They've got very talented guys out wide. They've got a couple running backs that they like, a young, you know, a couple that they drafted this past year. Who's not going to turn the ball over? We seem to be on the bad side of that scenario. No doubt. No but doubt. I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna be starting either one of these on their fantasy team. (laughs) No, (laughs) not this week. Not this week. Or at all this season, maybe. Bortles
0: I think will certainly be serviceable, assuming he stays the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. I think there will be weeks where he's a streaming option at quarterback. Tom Savage, again, no (laughs) touchdown passes ever. He's basically to his
1: team or or any other team. And he's basically fill in the gap until they feel like Deshaun Watson is ready. Right, and that's, that's another question. Does Deshaun
0: Watson get any time uh, as as we're talking here, NFL Trade Rumors is tweeting out about Dwayne Brown, who we were just about to get into. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. If Tom Savage can't get anything done, I would not be surprised to see Deshaun Watson in this game. Yeah, So, that'll be a lot of fun to watch, or maybe not. <laughs> Jason Myers and his accuracy issues will be key. He's won the Jaguars games in the past. He's lost the Jaguars games in the past. You got to have it. Get it together. You got to have those cool. kicks for Jason Myers. Now, he finished the preseason strong after really struggling for a two week stretch. So we'll see what happens with Jason Myers. But he's a guy that the game. If it's a close, low-scoring game like we believe it's going to be, could come down to his leg. Yeah,
1: I mean it. Just a couple offensively challenged teams at this point. It seems like kicking and special teams are going to play a big part. No doubt.
0: Now, Dwayne Brown, he's been holding out all offseason. He's the Texans' best offensive lineman and starting left tackle. Ooh. He still has not reported. Unique is drooling. He's yes. licking his chops. He's ready I mean, Unique to go. Calais on uh, obvious base formations for the defense. You'll have Calais maybe over there at times. Dante Fowler over there at times. It's going to be really interesting to see if these Jaguars pass rushers can take advantage of the lack of experience that the Texans are going to be putting out there. They're starting left tackle for the game Whose name escapes me right now I think his last name is Lamb Yeah it is But he's only started 7 games in his NFL career Uh, He's only been in the league since 2015 So That's a guy that these Jaguars pass rushers Have to be licking their chops Getting ready to face In big big passing situations The Jaguars have struggled mightily To get off the field on 3rd down Defensively And seemingly forever But certainly in 2016 and 2015. So getting to that, getting to the quarterback, affecting the quarterback, and getting past that left tackle will be a huge key for the Jaguars. And they should be able to do it. If they can't do it this week, will they be able to do it at all in 2017? I don't know the answer to that. This is one of their best opportunities they'll have without question. Not only against the left tackle, but The entire Texans' offensive line is certainly not the team's strong suit. So, which defense can hold up longer? I have a feeling the defenses are just going to be left out there time and time again after three and outs, turnovers, punts. Which defense can hold up longer into the game is going to be a major key. We've seen it many times. Unfortunately, many Jaguar fans are also Florida State and Florida fans. We saw it with both of their teams this weekend. The defense is just eventually cannot hold up yeah. when the offense absolutely does nothing. So which team's defense can hold up the longest or which team's offense can help their defense the most by just holding on to the ball? For longer periods of time, that's going to be key in this one. Yeah,
1: it might just be, it might just be a war of attrition. <laughs> you know, who just, who just has nothing left at the end. Exactly.
0: So that'll be really interesting. You want to talk about Marquise Lee for us, Scott?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy who had his best year as a pro last year. Um, he showed why he was taken. Uh, with a premier pick, um, you know he fl- he flashed as uh, a wide receiver. Obviously, um, even had a kick return for a touchdown. Yeah, um, he's going to add punt returns to his resume. It looks
0: like it now. He's the starter at all three of those positions on the Jaguars' unofficial depth chart. I'm I'm I'm
1: a bit surprised at the punt return. Um, I know. I mean, clearly he's he's shown his explosiveness as a kick returner. I would have pegged someone like. D.D. Westbrook um, as as maybe the returning guy, which he's still... For me, I wouldn't have pegged someone like D.D. Westbrook. I would have pegged D.D. Yeah, Westbrook exactly. specifically. <laughs> yeah, But, I mean, if we, we haven't really seen too much of Lee returning kicks. Um, maybe they see something in practice that they're like, okay, you know, this guy's going to make an impact at this position. I'm not... I
0: mean, I think that's obvious. Yeah. I think that there's no question about that because... You've seen the explosiveness from J.D.D. Westbrook and from Keelan Cole on returns. So, obviously they think Marquise Lee just brings something yeah. better than those guys, in my opinion.
1: Otherwise, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, and, and, and like, you, like you said, um, like you were tweeting about earlier, um, is it kind of a mistake putting him out there a little bit too much with his injury history?
0: It's definitely a risk. There's no question about it. We'll find out if it's a mistake. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think... Last year was his healthiest year. Um, Before that, he missed a ton of games. Right, and entering this
0: season, he's not a backup receiver. He's not your third receiver. He's their number two receiver. Mm -hmm. So he is going to be relied upon on the outside. Alan Hearns confirmed today that Hearns will be the slot receiver for the Jaguars. So this is one of your two guys that in almost any situation will be out there at wide receiver. It's a bold move. We'll see if it pays off. Now, the Jaguars' new-look secondary is going to get to go up against Braxton Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, CJ Fedorowicz, all these guys for Houston. Uh, Jalen Strong, I believe, is back. It is going to be really interesting to see some of these guys. Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Boye versus DeAndre the first Hopkins. First time in the Jaguars jersey. Yes, yes, it's going to be really fun. And, uh, you know, Barry Church, like you talked about, and Tashawn Gibson, they really need to come together and have some strong chemistry. Now, for our 10th and final point for the, our Jaguars
1: at Texans preview, what do you got, Scott? I mean, it's it's been a problem. Really, for as as long as I can remember, is just coming out of the gate, just sloppy, slow, dead in the first half, always having to fight from behind. We haven't been able to consistently just come out of the block sprinting. Right. It's always been, let's say last year, there was a pick six to Kareem Jackson on the first possession. Immediately, they haven't even had a possession, and you're down... Well let's go back to the first possession of the season. Yeah. Blake Bortles throws a
0: pick off Marquis Lee's hand. Yeah. Now these these Jaguars over the last five years, I believe they've won or maybe it might be four years. They've won four games in the first in the first quarter of each season over the last four years, they've won a combined four games, I believe. Wow and I believe they've only scored in less than double digits touchdowns in those games as well. yeah so it is just really really plaguing them starting slow to start the season and starting slow in games. They have got to get off to a faster start this year and from all signs so far they haven't mm-hmm. still now, still fumbling with the quarterback right still shuffling the offensive line. Now, everything could change. Uh, This is the first real game. We don't really know what the Jaguars are yet. Their season is not defined yet. but It's off to a rough start. There's no question about it. Now, we're going to take a look around the AFC South really quick. We've obviously looked at the Jaguars and Texans already who play 1 p.m. on Sunday, NRG Stadium in Houston. The Colts will be without Andrew Luck. They'll be without Vontae Davis, and they will take on the Los Angeles Rams. They will be playing at home in Indianapolis, so that will obviously be a decided advantage. West Coast teams have a difficult time traveling east and vice versa. So that's going to be a tough game for the Colts against the Rams, but they will have that home field advantage. Do you give the Colts any shot? I mean...
1: It's gonna be an interesting game in my opinion. I mean, probably the two best players outside of uh, T. Y. Hilton are gonna be on the bench or on the sidelines. I don't think the Rams are that good, although getting getting Sammy Watkins makes them a lot better. They have a it solid helps. defense. Um, yeah, I, that defense is stout though. I Can think the Colts score at all? Yeah. I think it's just gonna be one of those ugly Rams games. Like like I think the six nine a nine to six Seahawks game from last yeah. year. Just something like that. I, I, who's what? Scott Tolzien, the starter in in, in yeah. Indy right now, yeah. doesn't look good for my fantasy hopes because <laughs> I have Ty Hilton. Unfortunately, well, he'll probably force feed him the ball. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's not a game I'm really going to be circling <laughs> to to make sure I catch it. But yeah, it's going to be tough. And Andrew Luck might be out for more than this week. Yeah, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be real tough for them have any kind of success without him on the football field.
0: Now, the Titans have maybe one of the best matchups of Week 1. Yeah. Titans versus Raiders. Oh, excuse me. The, going back to the Colts. The Colts play in Los Angeles. So oh, okay. so That's, that's even tougher for the Colts. Yeah. My bad on that one, guys. But the Titans are taking on the Raiders at home in Tennessee. That is two of the most in vogue teams for picking to make the playoffs and win their divisions Titans and Raiders what do you want
1: to see from that matchup I would like to see both of them lose but that that doesn't really happen too often <laughs> or ever um, I'd like to see nothing good really <laughs> it's gonna be a good game I mean if you if you look at uh, Titans Raiders game five years ago it's It's the one you're going to avoid. I mean, it's just going to be an awful, awful game. But I want to see how Mariota is back, you know, finally getting healthy um, after the season-ending injury injury, um, that he sustained against us. Um, I want to see the local kid. I want to see Derrick Henry, see him kind of take control more of the offense. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the Titans struggle. (laughs) <laughs> and and I like this, well. but I mean it's 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 going to be a good game. I mean it's it's two it's one of the, two of the younger teams in the league that have the most promising futures. And what do you know? They happen to have two really good quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm sure it's just coincidence. Shocking. <laughs> but, Interesting. Yeah, that's it, that's one probably one of the more fun young teams in the in the league, and 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 it should be a good matchup. Week really one. Honestly, Conklin and Lawan trying to block Cleo Mack all day. Yeah, they're gonna get a lot of help. Yeah, they're tight. (laughs) (laughs) They always keep tight ends. Walker's
0: gonna be in there. Johnny Smith, he's a glorified receiver, but he'll be in there, I guess, trying to chip and stuff too. So that'll be an interesting contest for sure. Now, before we get into our PFF minute, we've got a couple of fan questions here that we'd like to get into. Flapjacks at Ryan Mahanko asks, why wasn't pass interference called on the goal line against Alabama? I veto this question. (laughs) I veto this. Now the only reason I approve this question is because our co-host who is not with us today, Hunter Evans, is an (laughs) Alabama fan, and he sends a crying Jordan face (laughs) back to Capo. So that's funny. Good for Hunter. Shout out to Hunter. You can follow him at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. Great football follow.
1: Real real answer, though, if the ball wasn't severely underthrown, it's a touchdown. So, take your lumps. Get some of that. You know, these FSU
0: fans just aren't used to losing like <laughs> Now, Johnny Ray, 858, he asks, How well, impact-wise, do you think Barry Church will do under Todd Wash this year? So, I'm guessing... That's a little bit weird wording but how much of an impact do you think Barry Church will have this year
1: as far as being a flashy player um, I don't think I don't think the common fan will will think he's he might have a, a, a much of a year like well you know he, we, we signed him this offseason he didn't really do much but he impacts the game in a much more subtle way. I mean, he he's, he had a great game. He was about as subtle as a brick last <laughs> week when he recorded that I'm, I'm, tackle. I'm 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 the, I'm the first guy to come out saying I love Barry Church, but he's you know he's not really the turnover turnover machine. He's not the biggest guy, not the hardest hitter, but he's he's going to be all over the field, and you're going to see his name called a lot. Hopefully, he doesn't have too many tackles because that means there's a lot of guys getting to the secondary. But he's he's going to have much a much more subtle the impact that he has. It's going to be more behind the scenes and it's going to be a huge, a huge difference for this defense being able to fill in some of the holes that Jonathan Cyprian just physically couldn't.
0: Right. He's going to provide versatility at the safety position. He's going to be able to be a run stuffer and a guy that you can rely on in coverage. Like Scott said, he might not have a huge impact in terms of visually every week to the common fans. But he will allow the Jaguars to do different things defensively than they were able to do in the past. And he should make the jobs of both cornerback, well, all the cornerbacks, Colvin, Ramsey, boyer much easier, and should allow Tashaun Gibson to maybe even thrive even more than he was able to last year. So the impact, big. Yeah. Should be a big impact. No question about it. Now, the Brandon Joyce, does performance of the O-line in preseason give you any reason to believe they will be able to handle Watt, Clowney, and Crew to score points? The answer to that question is no. But the one thing that does give me serious hope that the Jaguars could be able to score points is Leonard Fournette. Ooh. The Duval Destroyer. 9 0 4 LF two seven, whatever you want to call him, I really believe in him more so than I ever did prior to the draft, just based on what I've seen. So,
1: what do you think? Yeah, I mean, they 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 at times in the preseason they look serviceable. I mean, so it's not like all hope is lost. You know, Blake's going to be just running the second the ball is snapped. This is probably going to be one of the hardest tests of the season. Um, we'll know. We'll know straight off the bat what kind of year this offensive line is going to have. Yeah, because they're 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 getting thrown right in the fire, so they better be ready. Well, but, I mean,
0: like the rest of the team, the offensive line started off slow last year, but they did pick it up in weeks ten through sixteen. You stopped seeing Jeremy Parnell look like a um, like a turnstile. You saw some guys pick it up, but. We'll see how that goes for that offensive line. Leonard Fournette's got to make those guys look good. Now, let's get into our PFF minute. Cam Robinson, highest-rated rookie offensive tackle in preseason. That doesn't doesn't come as a major surprise. There were some other guys, though, that were drafted similarly to him that he clearly outperformed during preseason. Uh, he wasn't perfect. I think his rating was still less than a 70, according to PFF. I think it was PFF. a 68.5. But... but... Still good to see that he
1: was the best out of the bunch there. Yeah, I mean he he was. If you if if you look at the, the draft last year, he's the tackle I would have taken over any any of the others. Um, I think it was Ryan Ramsick too, um, and not, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but not much else. It was a particularly weak draft, but Cam Robinson to me always. You know, he had the pedigree. He, you know, coming out of high school, he was a highly ranked recruit. He never really fell off. He they were the their one.
0: number one and two.
1: Yeah, Fournette and, and Cameron. Robinson, right. That's right. Coming out of high school. so I mean, yeah. he, he, was, he played solid at a premier, maybe the premier school for football right now. And he was one of their better players. Um, and he just it looks like he's going to continue. Now it's a much bigger jump um, going into the NFL. But, I mean, he's... He's getting off on a good start yeah. on the right foot. No doubt. Now, Didi uh, shows up on PFF again. He averaged the most
0: yards per route run during the preseason, outpacing every receiver in the NFL, including um, Doug Baldwin, who was just slightly behind Dee. So just keep it up, Dee. This guy seems like the truth as a receiver. As a playmaker on offense, the Jaguars haven't had a guy with that type of talent in a really long time. He's got to keep it up. Now, Fournette, Pro Football Focus did a graphic of all the running backs drafted in the first three rounds this year. He obviously only played in one preseason game, and he finished with a higher rating than Joe Mixon and James Conner. But he did fall behind Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Deonta Foreman, Alvin Kamara, and Kareem Hunt. Now, all of those guys got a lot more looks than yeah. than Fournette did. And Fournette was really just used as a battering ram on several of his runs. He had a fourth and one run, and he also had a one-yard touchdown run.
1: So... It's hard to really grade yeah. a guy when he gets 10, 10 carries or something, whatever it was. I believe
0: when you look at that midseason, all those top... top Three round running backs it's going to look a little different than that. Yeah. but I am a big fan of all those guys to be honest with you even though we have to root against Foreman from now on yeah. but hurts. it does it does now finally the moment we've all been waiting for keep one let one walk Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins these two have famously gotten into it uh, during their brief time in the league together Hopkins is obviously Ramsey's senior, but Hopkins is only 25 himself. Jalen Ramsey's 22 years old. Ramsey's a star cornerback. Hopkins, the star receiver. They're going to go head-to-head. We're not asking who we're going to take
1: in the matchup this week, but who we want on our team. You're telling me I can have one of the best young wide receivers in the league, a playmaking machine, a good trash talker, supposedly. As Lee Corso says, "Not so, not fast. so fast." Not so fast, my fast. friend. Jalen uh-huh. Ramsey—it's father and son. DeAndre Hopkins—he's—he's t- he's talking trash. He doesn't think Jalen Ramsey can cover him. Look at the game last season. Yeah. he, he hes delusional, and he doesn't. Now DeAndre he got, got
0: the better of him on a play that defined the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, Ramsey's got to get it done in crunch time against Hopkins. But, we'll see if that happens. So,
1: you're taking Ramsey. Give me Ramsey. He's younger. He's at his position. He could end up being the best in the NFL. The, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is, is, is in the conversation. Top five. Yeah, but I mean, there's the, the future is so bright for Jalen Ramsey. And, the, he, man, he doesn't even have to talk. His play talks for him, but guess what? He does talk. That's right. <laughs> He'll let you know. Talks I cool. love that attitude.
0: Now, what's more important? Wide receiver or cornerback? Uh, and not just in general, but having an elite player at either of those positions. Ask Tom Brady. <laughs> what's he had in New England and how many
1: Super Bowl rings does he have? Now he had a he lot more have... elite cornerbacks than elite wide receivers. He, he did have... He did have Randy Moss for right a three of season, years, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, you can now he's just, got some toys to play with. Too, yeah, but. if if you have a good quarterback, the wide receivers become less of a priority. Obviously, they're hugely important if you have somebody like Julio Jones. But to have somebody who can shut down a guy like that and take away half the football field to make an offense semi one dimensional, it's it's hugely important. Yeah. And when you combine the talent with, with the, the value... Right. I think that Jalen Ramsey is going to get picked
0: by almost every GM. And I'm going to take him. Part of it has to do with the fact that he's three years younger. Uh, part of it has to do with the fact that... He has just a more elite skill set than Hopkins does. And it's hard to say that because Hopkins is an elite player. But Jalen Ramsey is one of the freakiest cornerbacks to ever enter the NFL. There's no question about it. So I'll take Ramsey too, but you know I'll gladly take DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> yeah. if uh, he were to get to Jacksonville somehow. Now that's going to pretty much do it for our show. Thanks to everybody who listens. We're going to have an exciting announcement next week about ways that you can contribute to the show and to Generation Jaguar just in general, more than you already do for all of our loyal supporters. We really appreciate it. Make sure to check out Bold City Brewery at boldcitybrewery.com, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. You can also find them online, or excuse me, um, on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Check out their new location on East Bay Street and their original location on Roselle. Make sure to check out genjag.com, For all the latest membership info, members get to drink for free at every home game tailgate. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Podcasts, SoundCloud, and please give us a review. We really appreciate it. And everybody, stay safe. Don't be doing anything stupid when uh, Miss Irma rolls around. And just... Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone. We're obviously in the thick of it too here. So hopefully everybody stays safe and hopefully Irma can just, you know, roll off north into the Atlantic Ocean or something like that and avoid everybody. But right now she's going over St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. I've got a lot of family down there. So thoughts and prayers to everyone. Shout out to stepdad, Stephen Combs. Birthday today, that's why we're over at the... It's a big dog. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. That's why we're over at my parents' house. So thanks again for everyone listening. Please stay safe. Please stock up on water, gas, anything you might need. And let's go get a W in
1: Houston. Man, let's 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 forget all this preseason nonsense and just go out there and ball. That's all we need. No doubt about it. Stay safe, Jacksonville.
0: Talk to y'all later. Thanks so much for listening to the Gen Podcast with
1: your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time.